from the bottom of our hearts. Pray this prayer. Even as we bow down on our knees and say, Father, in the name of Jesus, speak to me today in your word. In the name of Jesus, reveal yourself today to me in your word. In the name of Jesus, shall we begin to pray? Speak to us, the Spirit of the living God. Reveal yourself to us today, even as we have come to learn about your ministry. Reveal yourself to us, manifest yourself to us today. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Can we sing together? Thou art worthy. Thou art worthy, O Lord. Oh, to receive glory, honor, and power. For thou hast created all things and for thy pleasure they are and were created thank you father 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 for in jesus mighty name we are still praying praise the lord um good evening and allow me to welcome you again to the ministry of the Holy Spirit, series two. And uh, in our previous series, that was last week Sunday, we talked about the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And we began by looking at the importance of his counsel, the importance of his counsel over our lives. And so today we want to take it two steps further even as we continue to look at the ministry of the Holy Spirit. I said it before, I'm going to say it again, that the Holy Spirit did not come for a vacation when you receive the Holy Spirit. It didn't come just to dwell in you, and it didn't come just to be there. He has a mission. He has a goal. There is a reason the Spirit of the living God is inside of you. In fact, one of the reasons why you are able to use the kingdom of God that is in you is because you have the spirit of the living God. I said this before, that the spirit of God giveth life to things. Praise God. Praise God. Now, Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. The Lord Jesus said that you will receive power after that the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will become my witnesses. You will receive power. After that, the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will become my witnesses. John chapter 14 and verse 16. This is the scripture, uh, anchor scripture for the past um, uh, one week now. John chapter 14 and verse 16. Now, this is the Lord Jesus speaking here. He says, and I will ask the Father, the Amplified Version, and he says, I will give, I will, he will give you another comforter. Now, he will give you another comforter. The language, I mean, the Hebrew word translated comforter there means paraclet. Paracletos or paraclet. A comfort. Someone that has been sent to provide the needed and necessary help along your journey. So someone that has been called to go with you, even as you are going. The Hebrew word translated comforted there is paraclet, and it means the one that is called to go along with you. So you think of yourself as having a journey, and the Holy Spirit is given to go along with you. Now, it says, Another comforter. Now, the language, the term another comforter there is alos paracletos. Alos means another of the same kind. That you have received the spirit of God that carries the same kind of nature of the Lord Jesus. Are we together now to go along with you? 
So because you have the Holy Spirit in you, it is just as if the Lord Jesus is walking with you. And this is why the Bible can say, oh, this, I'm saying this, is Bible, this is why the Bible says that if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. So after you have received Christ, you can still be in Christ. We can still walk in love. We can walk with him. So the Holy, you have received the Holy Spirit so that I can walk with you. You have received the Holy Spirit so that you don't, you don't go on this journey alone. You have received the Holy Spirit so that you are not alone ultimately. And Jesus said, I will ask the Father, he will give you another comforter. Now, this comforter is to operate in about five offices when comforting you. Please, I want us to understand that um, it is the definition of a comforter or say the tasks that are involved in comforting believers that we've been talking about so far. And we've said the first one is counselor. The first one is counselor. The second uh, ministry of the comforter, so to say, is that of a helper. A helper. A helper. Now, Romans chapter 8 and verse 26. Romans chapter 8 and verse 26. Romans chapter 8 and verse 26. I'll read from my end. It says, Likewise, the Spirit helps our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. Likewise, the Spirit also helps our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. The Amplified Version says, so too the Holy Spirit comes to our aid and bears us up in our weaknesses. It bears us up in our weaknesses. So infirmities there is translated weaknesses in the Amplified Version. But I, I prefer the term or the language limitations. As a human being, also, no, not, not really a human being now, but as a God being living in the human flesh, that's the proper way to put it, as a God being living in a human body, you must understand that there are limitations to the body and the mind of a man. their limitations there is a limit to what the mind can do by all means the mind of a man is powerful can imagine things can create things you know the mind is so powerful that it can help you create a reality you do not really desire but because you've been thinking about them you experience them as strong as mental health, as strong as your body may be, there is just a limit they can take you to. It, it just gets to a point, the strength is not just no longer there. I want to go now. There is a limit to your understanding. There's a limit to what you can do. There is a limit to, no matter how really powerful that you are, to what you can achieve on your own. And this is why you have, been, you have received another helper to go along on this journey with you. Now, he's not helping us just to pray alone. He says, he helps our infirmities. First and foremost, he helps our limitations. And this is the challenge of many Christians today. First and foremost, we think that there is, there, is, there is a notion somewhere that because we have received the Lord Jesus, that automatically our flesh or our minds 
are automatically free of all sorts of limitations. It does not happen that way. True, there is a transformation in your spirit. True, you are capable of wonderful and glorious things right now. But sincerely speaking, you need to get there. Your body is not there yet. In fact, if your body is going to get to the point where there is no limitation, you need help. If your mind is going to get to a point where it can think only about the things of God, it needs help. Likewise, the spirit helps our infirmities. And sincerely speaking, we cannot even begin to cover the areas where the, uh, I mean, the Holy Spirit uh, helps our infirmities, really. He helps all of our, all our limitations, he helps to cover them. Or let's say it helps to reduce the influence and the effect of our limitations. And it gives strength. Praise God. So this is why anyone that is relying on their understanding, anyone that is relying on their strength, Anyone that is relying on their mind can't get anything done in Christ Jesus. It's not just going to work. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. It says, Now to him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you may be able to ask. Or think of so there is a there is even a limitation to your praying. No matter how much, no matter how good you are at praying, you can't just pray your way through everything. I mean, you don't even know how to pray the way you should pray. You don't even know what to pray about. Most times, most times when we are praying, I was speaking to a pastor friend of mine that most times when we are praying, we are just firing blank shots. Most times when we're praying, we're just firing blank shots. Poo, 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 poo. Firing in every direction, hoping it hits something. So every time you are not pray your prayer is not guided by the Spirit of the Living God, my dear, you are firing blank shots. Every time your prayer or your praying is not guided by the Spirit of the Living God, is not guided by the Word of God, you are firing blank. You're just praying. And hoping that maybe you'll be able to, you know, touch the real issue while you're praying. Sometimes when we pray, we are praying about the symptoms and not talking about the problems. Sometimes. And no amount of praying about the symptoms will help you cure the problem. It takes the help of the Holy Spirit to understand where the problem comes from and address it properly. I was going to now. So what we are saying is that the Holy Spirit helps our infirmities. It's not just about prayer. He helps all of our limitations. Many times when our strength will fail us because of the challenge that is ahead of us, he comes to us and tells us ahead that, my dear, you have a very rocky ride ahead of you. So why don't you prepare this way? He's helping us. There are many situations and many issues that if you do not allow the help of the Holy Spirit, you really won't be able to get rid of them. You wouldn't be able to, uh, able to solve them, rather. So learn first and foremost learn first and foremost to depend on the holy spirit for help i, I think one of the major challenges is that we for, we tend to forget that the holy spirit is actually a person though we First Corinthians chapter 12 talks about the gift of the Spirit. And the Bible says that this Spirit, 
is dividing this gift severally to every man as he wills. As he wills. He wills. He wills. As he wills. Perhaps you should read the scripture. First Corinthians chapter 12. Verse 11. It says, one talking about the gifts of the Spirit, that one and the self same Spirit dividing to every man severally as. You know, the Bible refers to the Holy Spirit as E. E will. And while the Lord Jesus was talking about the Holy Spirit in John chapter 14, verse 16, he said, I will ask the Father, and uh, he will send you another comforter. And that he may abide with you forever. So it's not a bear, it's not a dove, it's not a hoil, it's not, it's not whatever it is that you are. It's not smoke, it's not fire. He is the spirit of the living God, the presence, the, the, how do you put it now? The unlimited presence of the Lord Jesus amongst us. Or shall I say, the unlimited presence of God amongst us. So it's the person. So whenever we are asked to depend on God or say, whenever we are asked to trust in God, sincerely speaking, uh, we are being asked to do one of these two things. One, is it that to trust the Holy Spirit that is in us? Two, or is it that to trust the word of God that has been read to us? Essentially, both of them are saying. Yes. Learn to depend upon the Holy Spirit for help. Before you think of who should help you, before you think of who is going to help you, how are you going to get out of the station, do, do, do one thing first. Sit down there in a minute. Ask for help. Before you make the wrong confession that you feel sick, ask for help. Before you confess that you are confused, I don't even know what to do. Before you say that, have you tried asking for help? Praise the Lord. So it helps our infirmities generally. I just highlighted one or two, three to four specific helps that it renders for us. One, it helps us to live in Christ. It helps us to live in Christ. It helps us to live in Christ. First Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 11. First Corinthians chapter 2, from verse 9 to 11. It says, But as it is written, I has not seen, nor hear heard, neither have it entered into the heart of man. Please note, it has not entered into the spirit of man. The things which God has prepared for them that love him. Now it says, But God has revealed these things to us by his spirit. For the spirit searcheth all things, yes, the deep things of God. And now it says, for what man knows the things of a man, save the spirit of man which is in him. He says, even so the things of God knows no man, but the spirit of God. And now it says, now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. The many things that have been freely given to you from the day you receive the Lord Jesus. Romans chapter 8, verse 32, it says that he that spared not his own son, how shall he not along with him freely give us all things? 
He didn't spare his son. He gave it up for us. So along with the son, he has given us all things. Praise the Lord. Now, the Holy Spirit is going to help you understand the things that are freely given to you. Because if you don't understand all that you have received, you can't live effectively in Christ. This is what Ephesians 3 20 was saying that it is not by your praying. Come here, my dear, let me tell you, it is not by your thinking. I know you think positively. I know you meditate on good things. I know you pray a lot. But it's not by these two things. It is by the power that worketh in you. Now, if you do not know about this power that is in you, you wouldn't be able to get these things done. So the Holy Spirit helps us to even use the power that is in us. No wonder Philemon chapter 1 verse 6 says that the communication of thy faith will become effectual when you acknowledge every good thing that you have in Christ Jesus. It says the communication of your faith will become effectual. The communication of your faith. The faith you have been called unto, the one that you have professed. I am a born again son of God. So you manifest as a son of God indeed. Your confession being a son of God will only be effectual when you know and acknowledge the things that you have received in Christ Jesus. Now you can't know these things unless the Holy Spirit helps you to understand them. And sincerely speaking, you can read the Bible in total, try as you may, and still not know these things. You need the help of the Holy Spirit. So it helps us to live in Christ. Because living in Christ has the way of doing it. In fact, Colossians 2, 6 says, As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, says, so walk ye in him. So there is, a, there is a way to live in Christ. And it is not by tradition. It is not by, well, we go to church. It is not by going to services every day. There is a way to live in Christ. The Holy Spirit does not help us to understand this way we will get a lot of things wrong. So first and foremost, you need the help of the Holy Spirit to understand how you should live in Christ. And what the help the Holy Spirit renders to us is that it helps us to pray. Romans chapter 8, verse 20, things that we're reading before says, Likewise, the Spirit helps our limitations. For we know not how to pray as we should. As I was saying earlier, there are some situations that if you keep praying from your understanding, you'll be, you would be praying the symptoms. I remember there was, um, I think I was just having a chat with a pastor friend sometimes ago, I think this was about three, four months ago. We we're just having a chat. We we're just having a chat. And this person happens to run a school sort of, and um, in this school, there was this particular student that was always misbehaving, always misbehaving. They've tried their best. You know, they've had deliverance sessions for her. And they've they done all kinds of things, really. They've prayed, they've counseled, they've bought books. They've done all that they can do, yet this child has just remained to be wayward. So they commended her to God. You no, know, we're praying. And so as this man was... As this pastor friend of mine, rather, was, you know, reporting this lady to me, because it's a young lady, as she, as he was reporting the young lady to me, I, I just heard from the spirit that the, 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 the problem is not really from her, that it is the father of the lady that has a problem. And so I spoke as I heard, sir, what if I told you that this girl does not really have a problem? All of our attempts in the past have been failure because you have been at uh, you know you have been trying to solve the problem from the wrong end. The problem is from the father. If you can get the father to get rid of the problem, then the child will be free. The truth is, 
if we continue to pray the symptoms, the problems will remain. So we need, that's why sometimes when we pray in the spirit, our understanding is unfruitful, but we are speaking mysteries unto God. And please, I need to clarify something now. When we say pray in the spirit, it does not automatically mean pray in tongues. Shall I repeat that again? When we say pray in the spirit, it does not automatically mean pray in tongues. The most of the praying in spirit that we do is in tongues. So you can pray in the spirit without praying in tongues. Very well. And the Holy Spirit can reveal things to you that you should pray about. And you wouldn't even pray in tongue one bit about it. In fact, you do not even have to be a someone that this uh, I mean someone that speaks in tongues frequently for this to happen. See, the only requirement is to have the Holy Spirit in you. Then it's going to help you. Yes, you heard me right. I am saying that you don't have to pray in tongues before you pray in the spirit. After all, praying in spirit is simply praying under inspired utterances. So it can be inspired utterances in a known language, it can be inspired utterances in an unknown language. Praise the Lord. The Holy Spirit helps us to pray. But when we say helps us to pray now, we do not mean that the Holy Spirit pray on our behalf. Make no mistake, the Holy Spirit is not going to pray on your behalf. He's not going to do any praying of any kind on your behalf. In fact, the Holy Spirit can't do praying of any kind without the cooperation of a believer. So if he wakes you up to pray or he's asking you to pray regarding anything and you don't pray it, well, you have not prayed, nothing has been done about it. It is wrong to think that the Holy Spirit does are praying for us. It doesn't. It helps us to pray. So that means we are going to be the one to do the praying. It just helps us. Now, the third thing that it helps us to do, it helps us to manifest as sons of God. Please notice, I'm just highlighting these things to narrow down, you know, the term help our infirmities generally. Now, it helps us to manifest as sons of God and helps us to manifest the fruits of the Spirit. Part of the things that you have freely received from God are the fruits of the Spirit mentioned in Galatians 5. From verse 20 to 22. The fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy. See, there are some things that you shouldn't be praying for. They are already a part of you. You have received them. But if you do not know that you have received them, you can continually pray for them and not experience them. Love. The ability to love. You have them. Joy. Joy is a fruit of your spirit. Peace. Kindness. Goodness. Faithfulness. Gentleness. Long-suffering. Self-control. These are fruits that are deposited in your spirit. But you need the help of the Holy Spirit not just to understand them, but also to manifest them. Romans chapter 8 from verse 11 to 19. Romans chapter 8 from verse 11. Romans chapter 8 from verse 11. It says, but if the spirit of him that raised up Christ from the dead dwelt in you, it says, then he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwells in you. 
So in other words, the Holy Spirit helps your mortal body to stay alive, not just to stay alive, but also to stay in good health. If you believe the scripture, I'm thinking of the authority of the scripture now, that the Holy Spirit is in your body, in your spirit now, helping your body, and that is to say your spirit, I mean, helping your body now, to remain in perfect health. So if you are falling sick, listen to me now, if there's any form of sickness in your body, it means that you have allowed it. I must be very frank with you. Do not forget that the Holy Spirit is a helper, not an enforcer. A helper, not an enforcer. So if by any means you allow sickness to stay, you are the one allowing it. It's not going to enforce things. Is helping you, and this is this is true. Is helping your body to remain in divine health. The how wide then do we fall sick? The Lord Jesus said that nothing that goes inside a man. Time will not allow us to read the scriptures. The nothing that goes inside the mouth of a man defiles the man. Because whatever a man consumes, he says he consumes them and then he goes to the drought. Right? But he says what defiles the man is what comes out of the man. What comes out of the man. And now the Holy Spirit James was telling us a secret that the tongue is a world of iniquity. He called it a fire. A tongue. Is a, a set on fire the cause of nature. If we put these two statements together, these two scriptures together, then it means that men, so to say, believers now, most of the time fall sick because they confess sickness into their own lives. Praise God. Verse 12, it says, therefore, brothers, we are debtors not to the flesh, to live after the flesh. For if you live after the flesh, you will die. But if you, through the Spirit, do mortify the deaths of the body, it says, you shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Verse 15, for you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of sonship, whereby we cry, Abba. Father, we have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. So the Holy Spirit helps us to get rid of fear. The Holy Spirit helps us to get rid of fear. How does he do this? It says the Spirit itself bears witness with our spirits that we are the children of God. It bears witness with our spirits. That we are the children of God. It shows you that indeed God is your father, He loves you, and He has taken care of all that concerns you. So you can let go of your fears. He says, And if children, then hears of God, joins it with Christ. If so be that we suffer within, it says that we may also be glorified together. Verse 18, it says, For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Now notice verse 19, it says, For the earnest expectation of the creature waits for the manifestation of the sons of God. So there's the Holy Spirit that helps us to manifest as sons of God. So what I'm saying is, is that the end result of depending on the help of the Holy Spirit is that you will be able to manifest as a son of God. The end result, though it might be senseless, it might seem illogical to wait upon a spirit that you cannot see before you take decisions, to wait upon, to wait upon a spirit for you to derive help. I, I want to get it now. The truth is this, it is even the Holy Spirit 
that ministers to other helpers to come and help you. So the first principal helper every believer has is the Holy Spirit. So let me be frank with you. You do not lack helpers. Are we together now? Together now. You do not what? You do not lack helpers. The number one helper every believer has is the Holy Spirit. And he is able to command all other kinds of help that you may need through men, through angels, through anything, connect them to you. So what you need is to learn to position yourself where he needs you to be at every point in time. And this is what we sometimes find very difficult to do. So without taking the counsel of the Holy Spirit, it might be very difficult for you to receive help. I will get it now. He helps us to manifest as sons of God. He helps us to manifest the fruits of the Spirit. Now, four. He helps us to understand and use truth. That is the Word of God. He helps us to understand the Word of God. He helps us to use it. The truth is that, John chapter 16, verse 13, the truth is that the, the, the Holy Spirit is the author of all scripture. The Bible says that all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for reproof, for doctrine. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. So the Holy Spirit is the heart of the scripture. I was going to now. Every other person that wrote each chapter were vessels. The real author is the Holy Spirit. Now, if the Holy Spirit is the author, then he is the, also the one that puts a seal upon what is written. So that if he does not unlock the seals, you can't see what is written. So you can this is why you can continue to read the Bible pali to pali and you still not understand what is written. And this is the reason. The major reason is because when you try to read the Bible as a historical document or as a religious document, you tend to look at what is written and imagine them and create and relate with these stories based on your sense, I mean, based on your brain. And this is the problem. The word of God is not intended to make sense. And so because the word of God is not intended to make sense, what you will see are controversial statements from Genesis to Revelation. At the end of it all. In fact, you will be, you, if you are not careful, you might be forced to conclude that maybe, maybe in reality, Christianity is just a problem that was passed down to us by the right. Maybe in reality, maybe there's no God really. That maybe in reality, there's no Jesus. Because it does not make sense that somebody that died 2,023 years ago, his blood is still active to you today. It doesn't make sense. But it was not intended to make sense. It was intended to make faith. And without the help of the Holy Spirit, you can't even see it enough to build faith. John 16, verse 18. And this is the Lord Jesus speaking here from verse 12. He says, I have many things, I have yet many things to say to you. He says, but you can't bear them now. However, when he, notice again the language, he, when he, the spirit of truth, when he, the spirit of truth is come, he says, he will guide you into all truth. He will guide you into all truth. Now, it is, notice it didn't say, he will direct you into all truth. He said, he will guide you into all truth. So it means it's not just only going to teach you all truth is also going to show you how to use them. So this means that you can apply scripture wrongly. He says, shall not speak of himself, but he will speak whatever he hears, and he will show you things to come. Praise the Lord. This part is very important to understand. 
it will guide you into all truth so it's not just going to show you how to read the bible it's not just going to show you what is written in the bible it's actually going to help you in the application of what it's showing you i remember there was this uh young lady the first person i got here in the holy ghost it was a very interesting scenario. I mean, very interesting scene. She was a young lady that was oppressed. And we're, we're just having a discussion talking about, I, I really can't remember what we're talking about. But I'm sure we're sharing the word of God together. And the demon just leapt out of her. And uh, after the meeting, she received the Lord Jesus. And then I knew that she needed to receive the Holy Ghost. But there's one problem. I didn't know how to get out to receive the Holy Ghost. So I continued to put it in half. I continued to put it off. I continued to put it off. I, I, I once in a while I would come with her, I would pray with her. Once in a while, I would uh, you know, give her tracts to read, give her material resources to read. For about two weeks, I was just doing that because I didn't know how to get her to receive the Holy Ghost. I really didn't. It's no big deal about that. And then one of the Holy Spirit spoke to me. He said, get her to believe Luke chapter 11 and verse 13. I was like, really? Yes. He said, just get her. Read Luke chapter 11 from verse 13, from verse 9 to 13 to her. And if she believes, she will receive the Holy Ghost. And there and then, that same day, I went to her and said, Father, we are going to receive the Holy Ghost. And I opened the scripture. And she read Luke chapter 11 from verse 9. And I, by the hand, I asked her, do you believe the word of God? She said, I believe the word of God. All right? So then pray after me. And then the Holy Spirit guided us, and then we pray. And right there, and then she received the Holy Ghost with the evidence of praying in the Spirit. It can guide you to the application of the word of God. This is our emphasis. It's not just a teacher. It's a guide. So if there have been word of God that you have learned in the past, but you have not been able to use, it means that you still need guidance. Ha, helper. I am tempted to let us pray. Can we pray for one minute? And just say, Holy Spirit, help us. Can we begin to pray? In the name of Jesus now. Can we just begin to say, Holy Spirit, help us. We desire your help in the name of Jesus. We choose not to lean on our understanding and our strength in the name of Jesus. And we, we, we lean on you, Holy Spirit. Help us. We rely on you. Help us. We rely on you. Help us. We rely on you. Help us. Make sure you are praying. Help us, Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus, Spirit of the Living God, we know that you have been sent forth to us and you are dealing in us to be our helper. We yield ourselves to your ministry, we submit ourselves to your help, and we by ourselves ask for help today. In the name of Jesus, ask for the help of the Holy Ghost in those things that you need to get done, in those things that are ahead of you. Ask for help. Ask for help now. This is your chance. Ask for help now. This is your chance. Ask for help now. For in Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Now, three, intercessor and advocate. I'm going to take these two together because essentially they're the same. Intercessor. Praise God. Now, there's something we must understand. When the Lord Jesus was speaking in John chapter 14 that we read earlier, let's go back to that scripture, John chapter 14 and verse 16. It says, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another comforter. It's so important that we understand this, that he will give you another comforter. This is our counselor, our helper, 
our intercessor and advocate. Now, an intercessor is someone that mediates between, uh, you know, someone that intercedes, that is mediates between two parties. Someone that mediates between them, between two parties. So notably in this sense, someone that mediates, the Holy Spirit mediates between us. Now, pay attention, mediates between us and God. Now, when I say us and God now, I'm not saying that the Holy Spirit is helping us to pray to God directly. No, 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 no. He's not acting in that capacity. We need to understand when the Lord Jesus said intercessor, because we have one intercessor, who is the mediator of a new and better testament, and that is the Lord Jesus. He is also our advocate with the Father. I will get it now. But we have an intercessor dwelling with us. And this is how this intercessor operates. That is the Holy Spirit. He helps us to pray. Romans chapter 8, verse 26 is back again. Romans chapter 8, verse 26 so that we can understand and not mix things up. Jesus is standing before the Father on our behalf, interceding for us. Yes, he's doing that. Father, the book of 1 John, I think chapter 2 or chapter 3 verse 1 says, if any man sins, we are an advocate with the Father. The Lord Jesus says, it is the propitiation for our sins. We have an advocate. So principally, our advocate and intercessor is the Lord Jesus. But the Holy Spirit also does the work of advocacy and interceding while he's dwelling in us. And I want to show us how we operate. Romans chapter 8 and verse 26. It says, likewise, the Spirit also helps our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray as we ought. Notice, we do not know what we should pray. That is one. We also do not know how to pray. That is two. We also do not know when to pray. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. So there is a way we should pray for every prayer that needs to be prayed. Listen to me now. There is a way to pray about the different kinds of prayer points we have. Because the truth is that there are many kinds of prayer. Are we together now? And also a series on teach us to pray. I think it's about six series or five series. Teach us to pray. So he's saying that we don't know what we should pray for. One, we don't know how to pray for it. Two, we don't know when to pray for it. So when it comes to the issue of our needs, our desires, the things that we need, and praying, there are a lot of limitations in that area. And so sometimes we are not even available to pray for ourselves. We together now. Likewise, the Spirit helped our infirmities. So when you are unable to hear from the Holy Spirit to even pray, that's a limitation. So if you are one of the people that you can wake up in the middle of the night, Listening to the instruction of the Lord and begin to pray, I congratulate you. But there are many people that are limited in that area. In fact, there are so other many people that they are not even be fully baptized. There are still many other people that are, are, you know, baby Christians, so to say, they need help. So the Holy Spirit may not be able to get them to stand up and pray as they should, but it can come to you and ask you to pray for them. I want to get it now because it's not going to do any interceding or advocating without us. Somebody needs to cooperate. 
Somebody needs to cooperate. So it can come to a person that is cooperating. Are we together now? And get the person to be interceding for you. Now, we say yes, because it's the one that has called the person to come and pray. It's also the one that is giving the person the utterance. Are we together on that now? So the Holy Spirit is our intercessor and also our advocate. He's helping us to pray through other believers and even through us. Are we together now? He's helping us to pray as we ought through other believers and also through us. And is also speaking on our behalf through other believers and through us. It's so important that we clarify that area so that we don't make a mistake. So the Holy Spirit speaks on our behalf in corners that matter on this earth. In corners, in areas that matter. Where your name needs to be heard, he goes ahead and mentions your name there. The person that actually spoke, we think is the one speaking. No, he's speaking by the, under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. So in the areas that matter, he's speaking on your behalf. Rest assured, if you are a man that is born of God, living by the instructions of God, be rest assured that on, in the areas that matter, as the speak time, the Holy Spirit is speaking on your behalf. Is taking things beyond your limitations. And like I said earlier, it helps us to pray through other believers. Now, the last one we'll be considering tonight is our strengthener. Our strengthener. Our strengthener. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. This is the Lord Jesus speaking here. Our strengthener. Acts chapter 1 verse 8. He says, But you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me in both Jerusalem, Judea, and in Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. So Jesus was telling them that you have an assignment to witness me, but you need strength. You need the ability to do it. So wait. When the Holy Spirit comes, you receive the ability and you will receive strength. Are we together now? So when we talk about strength, perhaps you should dwell on this verse two minutes. We need to understand certain things. That power, might, and strength are three different things. And the Holy Spirit gives the three. Let me repeat. Power, might, and strength are three different things. And the Holy Spirit gives the three. Jesus said, we receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. The, there is evidence there that you, res, you expect power once you receive the Holy Ghost. Now, for every believer that is baptized, there is power. Now, when we say power here now, we mean ability. Because power is the ability to do what? Now, Jesus is saying, you will receive power to be my witnesses. And there is no witnessing without evidence. Are we together now? There is no what? There is no witnessing without evidence. So if you are going to be witness to the Lord Jesus in truth, indeed, there has to be signs and wonders following you. It is a must. Are we together now? If you are witnessing the Lord Jesus, indeed, indeed, signs and wonders must follow you. It is a must. The Lord Jesus didn't say these signs might match the system. Perhaps you should read. 
Matthew 16. The gospel according to St. Mark, chapter 16, and verse 15. It's verse 17, rather. It says, And these signs shall follow them that believe. These signs shall follow them that believe. It says, In my name they shall cast out devils, they shall speak with new tongues, they shall take off serpents, and they shall drink. If they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. And they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So, because these signs needed to follow them, he didn't send them to walk immediately. He said, Wait, receive the Holy Ghost. Wait, receive the Holy Ghost. Wait, receive the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you so that you know now that you are not powerless. The reason the power is not manifesting first and foremost is because you are not witnessing. Now, if you are witnessing, then you are possibly not relying on the help of the Holy Ghost. Because if you are relying on the help of the Holy Ghost, even the Holy Ghost will lead you to the world that produces the power. Are we together now? Power. That's one. Two, might. Might is quite different. Just a little bit different from power. It is this, how do you put it now? Might is what we call strength now. Is what we usually call strength. That is just the energy or say even power to be able to do something. Let's say, for example, that I want to carry a bag that is what that is um, 50 kg heavy. That is as heavy as a 50 kg, let's say bag of cement, 50 kg. Now, if I have the might, I can carry it. Abi? Now, that is mine. So I need might to do things. So, might is what you would like to call uh, the strength to be able to do things. Because might is what we usually call strength these days. I'm, I'm looking for, for lack of a better word, I'll just call might, strength. So power, the ability to do work. You already have what is required to do the necessary thing. Might is the strength that is required to do it. So power can be in any form. Are we together now? Power can be in any form. So for many people, the power can be resources. The power can be manifestation of the Holy Spirit in the life. The power, I will take it now. So power can be in anything that empowers you to be able to do the work ahead of you is power. Now, might is the strength that you need to do the work even now. The Holy Spirit gives that to The third one, which is strength, calls him our strengthener now the third one which is the strength strength is different from might is that strength is the ability to continue to continue in what you are doing now you need might to start but you need strength to continue now you need might to carry a bag of 50 kg a bag of cement of 50 kg need might but you need strength to continue to carry it for a long time let me bring this into perspective better. You need might to go out witnessing Christ. Yeah? But you need strength to continue in that, in your witnessing. So it is strength that ensures that you don't die on the road. It is strength that ensures that you don't get weary and get tired and just stop doing it. So for everyone that has been doing good things and then has stopped in the past, the thing is that you lack strength. Not might, not power, strength. So the power could be there, the might could be there, but the strength to continue might not be there. 
Are we together now? So the Holy Ghost strengthens us. This is why Apostle Paul said in Philippians 4, verse 13, he said, I can do all things. He, he, this boldness is something else. He said, I can do all things. This is a bold claim. I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. I have the ability to do all things through Christ that strengthens me. The Christ strengthens me. So I can do all things. I'm telling you now that you can do all things because the Holy Ghost is inside of you to strengthen you. Is inside of you to strengthen you. So rather than confess that you are weak, confess that you have the Holy Spirit and is strengthening you. Rather than confess yourself as a worm, confess that you have the Holy Spirit in you and is strengthening you. Rather than confessing that you are not able, confess that you have the Holy Spirit in you and is strengthening you. Is our strengthener. It strengthens us. It strengthens us. It strengthens us. It strengthens us. Praise the Lord. And lastly, stand by. Let me just talk about this so that we can end this aspect tonight and move on to another aspect of the ministry of the Holy Spirit next week by the grace of God. Stand by. Stand by. Stand by. Stand by. This is a very important uh, statement. Stand by. The, the English meaning of the word stand by is readiness for duty or immediate deployment. Readiness for duty or immediate deployment. That is, the Holy Spirit is always on standby. Because you have the Holy Spirit in you, power is always available on standby. I would go now. Counsel is always available on standby. Help is always available on standby. You know, one of my daughters came to me some time ago and said, Sir, why all am I feeling like this? Sometimes I experience God, I enjoy the presence of God in my life, but it only lasts for a minute, I mean for about two weeks or a month. After some time, everything just goes down. It shows that there is no cordial relationship enough with the Holy Spirit. Is our standby. Let, let me let me say this and be clear about it now. He said, Lord Jesus said that I will pray the Father and he shall give you another comfort that he may abide with you forever. The application says that he may remain in you forever. So the Holy Spirit is not, I am repeating, the Holy Spirit is not leaving you. There is only one thing that can cause the Holy Spirit to leave you, and that is when you commit the sin on death. That is when you commit the sin where you are separated from God the Father, finally. Of which there is no repentance. Without that, the Holy Spirit is not going to leave you. I understand that you have been disobedient in the past. I understand that you have doubled into sin. I understand that you have done all kinds of things, but sincerely speaking, the Holy Spirit is not going to leave you. Is our standby. So even when all other our own all when we are using all other strengths, or when we are distracted, or when we are not conscious of things, he is there always on standby. Always on standby. Even when your strength is failing you, is there. He's always there for you. 
always there for you. Always there. Knowing fully well that the Spirit of God is always there for us is enough reason to be joyful. It's enough reason to know that you can overcome. That regardless of the circumstances, you don't have to wait for the Holy Spirit to come. Mm -mm. He's always there. It's not like he's attending to Mr. Sholai, we come back later and attend to it two weeks later. No, he's always there. To be on standby means he's waiting on you. He is waiting on you. All of those things that you wanted to do, the instructions you have received from God that you have not been able to do up till now, I need you to understand today that the Holy Spirit is on standby waiting for you. He's ready for duty. He's ready for the duty of a helper now. He's ready for the duty of a counselor now. He's ready for the duty of a guide now. He's ready for the duty of an intercessor and advocate even now. He's on standby. He's on standby. He's on standby. In one minute, even before we bring the meeting to a close, can we begin to communicate in the spirit? Can we begin to pray in the spirit? With the understanding that the Holy Spirit is on standby and is ready to help us. Is ready to help us, is ready to put us through. If only we will cooperate with him. Can we begin to pray in the spirit? If only we will cooperate with him. Lady Grasubra de Mina Kashari Brandurene Kenina Legra Subarat Egred.